0: hello hello lovely people thank you so much for joining us once again as we get to wrap up on the constitutional journey of kenya on the first episode we had william billy current coach who are research assistants at the university of nairobi school of law together with paul jeff a researcher of democracy and governance joining us they took us through the implementation process The constitutional rights of the youth and how the youth can be vigilant and accountable citizens under the constitution of kenya on this episode we dive further with the same guest into looking at the youth as part of the special interest groups mentioned under the constitution the engagement of the youth on matters constitution and how they can be active participants in governance so do stay tuned Paul, is the constitution
1: being used to its full capacity?
2: Thank you. Um, whether the constitution is being used to its full capacity? This is something that I would like to first approach uh, in terms of weighing it on a scale of 1 to 10. And uh, its full capacity would mean so many things. But uh, maybe I would give it a six, six, six point five 6.5 there, in terms of uh, it being used. Uh, so ideally, there are two sides to this coin. There's that side of the coin where the Constitution is really being uh, used for that matter, and then there's that other side where it is not being used, where we have uh, laws being uh, disobeyed. So in as far as, as it is being used to its full capacity. Uh, My departure point would be the judiciary. I think this, uh, since uh, the inception of this regime, uh, the judiciary has stood tall in terms of uh, protecting this constitution and ensuring that its implementation is indeed effective. So uh, in terms also of uh, observing human rights, so many petitions have been brought to court, and and what the judiciary has 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 pronounced is that it is here to safeguard and protect uh, this constitution. Uh, that is as far as, 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 as is, uh, whether it is being used to the full capacity. Uh, if we look at things like separation of powers, we indeed have, which is something uh, uh, the constitution mandates. We have a system where these three arms of government are working: uh, the executive, the judiciary, and uh, the legislative branch. There's that separation of powers. So, like uh, you, you recall, uh, in the old dispensation, our uh, cabinet minister would be an elected MP. Uh, but today, we have that uh, that separation where this person is being picked from. Uh, the larger majority to come and serve. Um in terms of, of, of so there's so many basically there's so many things that would, would be said in terms of how it has it is being used to its full capacity. I think it in, it informs a lot of things that uh, govern us. And in terms of uh, the other side of the coin that I said, uh we we still are lagging behind there. Uh, again back to implementation because uh Uh, This constitution requires that every single citizen in this country pays fidelity to the rule of law. But we'll recall that we've had instances where uh, government officials, especially in the executive, have defied court orders, which is uh, a a subversion of rule of law. So to that extent, we've not fully uh, utilized this constitution and its dictates uh i think yeah basically that it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a a, a two-way traffic we we have that part of it that is really being used and the other part that is not being used mainly by uh defiance from uh a few individuals in the society
1: thank you paul uh maybe i would ask karen and william would you be having a different opinion is it really being used in its full capacity or not
3: um thank you um for me i think it is a yes and no answer it's not a definite yes or a definite no because uh, in terms of implementation there's some provisions in the constitution which have been implemented to full capacity Uh, most of the laws are in place, institutions are in place, but they're not working as envisioned by the constitution. So in that regard, then it's not working to its full capacity because whatever was envisioned by those, by the setting up of those institutions, for example, a classic example would be chapter six, the setting up of ESCC. Uh, This has been done, it's what the constitution says should be done, but then Corruption is still prevalent in the society, so the ends of the constitution are not being met. Maybe the means have been set up and we are ready to go, but what was what was said to be achieved in most cases is not achieved. Um, but some of them, for example, on devolved governance, uh, most counties are in place. We, we see, it's, we can clearly see, the constitution is working in that regard, but. In certain areas, the implementation is still lagging behind. So I don't take a different approach from Jeff. I'd give the Constitution a 6 out of 10. But there's a total transformation in terms of governance, in terms of how Bill of Rights protection is taking place. The fact that now the judiciary is more independent, the president doesn't have much power. But you can see, on books, the president doesn't have power. But then he is still going against the judiciary. So same thing as Jeff, the constitution has been implemented, but the ends of the constitution hasn't been reached. So it's still a work in progress. And I, I feel given another decade, if we work the same way we did, then maybe we'd say, we'll say we give it a nine at that point. So yeah, those are my sentiments. Thank you
1: Karen, uh, William.
4: Yeah, the question is, the constitution being used? Yes. Is it being used full in its full capacity? No. Uh, in its full capacity, that means the other areas which are still lagging behind, as my colleagues have said, and if you can check, that then means it's not u- uh, fully utilized. However, just as others have written it, I can say that to 7 out of 10 it's being used. What makes it not to be used fully is the triple, uh, 3 out of 10 remaining. So, areas such as in the enactions of laws, there is less, others uh, that have been done, but we have other laws which Parliament w- was mandated to enact. They have not done that up to now. For example, the took out gender uh, rules uh, on elective seats, also, there, is, uh, there are laws in the maximum and minimum um, acreage of land that one needs to hold. So such laws have not been enacted to date. That means the parliament might have been operating unconstitutionally. Also, we have the spirit, itself, as we have been saying, the constitution needs rule of law and everyone should be. Uh, let's say under the law, but we find the executive, as Jeff have said, making a lot of un- unconstitutional orders, a lot of unconstitutional decisions. That means then it's not fully implemented. The constitution also provides that the cabinet secretaries should be totally alienated from politics. But what we are seeing currently is not what the constitution intends. So there are a lot of examples that you can give in the current uh, context that show. The, uh, that this constitution is half implemented.
1: Thank you, William. Um, the youth are mentioned as part of the special interest groups, and it would be unfair to leave out the others. So, what does the constitution provide on this? Maybe the whole team could share. We
3: could start off with Karen. The constitution, as compared to the former constitution, is huge on protecting the special interest groups, these are the marginalised and those who um, would be overlooked if not specifically provided for by the law, and the constitution rights of the beginning of the Bill of Rights, is recognises the special needs of these groups and it mandates the state to make sure that their needs are addressed. And these special groups are women, older members of society, persons with disabilities, children, youth, members of minority or marginalized groups and other members of particular ethnic, religious or cultural communities. That's on the people with disabilities and children in regard to the constitution. So the Bill of Rights has a specific article just as we saw from our previous discussions that article 55 focuses on the youth. There are various Articles of the Bill of Rights that focuses on each of these groups. So, for for example, people with disabilities are provided for under Article 54 of the Constitution, and it basically states that the state is obligated to ensure that their needs are protected in terms of any any assistive, assistive devices that they may need, depending on their disabilities, and also to ensure that they are actually just to go back under Article Seven on languages in Kenya, they recognize sign language and other languages for which uh, which the people with disabilities are uh, use to communicate, which is which was not there in the former constitution. So um, Article Fifty Four also provides for inclusion in terms of ensuring that they are not, the laws are not using the meaning language or anything that, they, that may be, that may affect that dignity and respect in the society. So also under Article 27, which is the non-discriminatory clause in the constitution, uh, states disability as one of the prohibited of, this, of discrimination, which was left out in the former constitution and this constitution provides for it um, and also in terms of representation all articles on representation from article 100 which lists all the people all the marginalized people to ensure representation that is in chapter seven of the constitution on representation of the people all of these, from the national assembly the senate and county assemblies provide special seats for people and this is further provided in other acts such as the political parties act and the elections act which ensure that people with disabilities are protected in that regard and to ensure that they are being being represented in public also constitution obligates the state to ensure that all elective and appointed bodies at least five percent of these institutions should have people with disabilities and also um the People with Disabilities Act, which was, it was enacted in 2003, that's before the constitution, but with the various constitutional provisions, it's been revised to ensure that it's in tandem with the constitutional provisions on people with disabilities. It's important to know, generally, people with disabilities have been left out for so long, and in 2007, 2008, that the convention, on, convention providing for the rights of people with disabilities was was ratified. So, their progress has been slow, but it's catching on. And even if you look at, not to get into the policies, but there are so many policies that have been developed by Kenya to ensure that their rights are protected. And also, the legislations are being revised to ensure that this is put in place. For example, the Employment Act was revised in 2012 to, to capture the provisions in the Constitution on People with Disabilities. Uh, to, for example, section five of the Employment Act on discrimination, employers are not are prohibited from discriminating upon people due to their disability, and that's not also, um, further also in the act itself. Uh, there's a case, there's a provision which prohibits the the firing of people of people because of their disability, and also further cases in the in the judiciary have been. Further cases have been taken to the judiciary to further their rights. So that's on people with disabilities. I'll jump right into children. Our children have been protected before considering vulnerability and the interest as compared to the others. Children have been protected even before the constitution and the constitution just came into reinforce. Uh, their rights are specifically provided for under article 53, which states the rights to nationality, to a name, to protection, and also to parental responsibility. And uh, Article Fifty Three two states that the best interests of the child are the utmost should be given the utmost consideration in all issues facing on all issues regarding the child. And the contribution I say with children that the Constitution has had because they are, the Children Act is. Is comprehensive, but the children the Children Bill is yet to be to be enacted, which is supposed to give effect to provisions of the Constitution that are not in the Act itself. Deprivation of the Constitution to children's rights it can be seen by so, by various cases that have been brought to have been taken to court, um, based on constitutional provisions. So that's what. Those are the provisions on on children.
1: Thank you, Karen, for sharing on people with disabilities and children. William, would you care to share more with us?
4: Okay, I think I'll pick on the special interest group for women. And I will restrict myself to the constitution because there is a whole plethora of laws, both international and statutes, that give the rights women. However, Constitution then provides other, more rights, which were not eminent in the former constitution. And uh, when we start looking with Article 27, actually Article 21.3 recognizes women as one of the special interest group. Then you have Article 27, then provides equality among the genders, and then also prohibits discrimination. Based on gender. The same Article 27, sub-article 8, provides what's called the two-third uh, gender uh, rule on both elective and appointive seats. That means for any appointive seats in the national and also in the county level, and for any elective seat, there need to be two-third gender rule. So that means not more than. One uh, not more than one gender should not be not should not be more than two thirds of the total elected mem elected members or appointed members. Uh, we also have Article 45 that provides equal rights for opposite sex in marriage, both at the marriage, during the marriage, and when the marriage is dissolved. So that one is also catering for. Gender rights and equality. Uh, we also have Article 60F that provides that there need to be no discrimination based on gender. Remember, issues of gender in our society based on gender on the on the ownership of land and property. If you check our society before the 2010s, men uh, are the people who own a lot of land, and also we have our culture whereby yeah. uh, women never know to inherit land. However, Article 60 then provides that there need to be equality uh, in the sharing of property and also in the ownership of property. So this then gives effect that if the women can inherit and so, so land. Then we also have Article 81, which give principles uh, of good electoral system and it insists that there need to be 2 gender rule on elected seats, the same way it is insisted in Article 27. However, the problem with this 2 gender rule is that has done in the Kenyan system because it has never been implemented, and uh, even the Supreme Court was giving an advisory opinion that it was to be implemented progressively up to date the elective seats have not been made. The extent that is in congruence with this rule. However, the appointed seats we can say, much has been done, and you can see women then appointed in several uh, public uh, offices. Uh, in Article 90, there is also party lists, and also the composition of political parties, which also provides that there must be two-thirds of, at least one gender should not be more than two-thirds in the formation of political parties and so on. Also, Article 100, as I have said, recognize women as part of the marginalized group and part of the special interest, which parliament is required to form or to enact laws that will ensure the get the benefits intended by the Constitution. So, we have a lot of uh, provisions in the Constitution that both uh, participation and also involvement in politics, in governance, and in legislation issues based on several aspects of public policies. Uh, apart from women, uh, just highlighted, uh, we also have the the older people, rights of the older people. And rights of the older people, I think, is given or provided in Article 57. And Article 57 then states that the government or the state should ensure that there are measures that have been taken to enhance rights of the older people, Which rights are these? For example, there is need to that they fully participate in the society. There is also a requirement that they need to pursue their personal development. So need to help them live in dignity respect, to be free from any abuse that are related to their own people, and also re- receive reasonable, reasonable care and assistance from the family and the state. So, Article 57 provides rights for the older members of the society as part of a special group available in the society.
1: Thank you, William, for sharing. Finally, we'll have remarks from Paul.
2: Uh, thank you. Uh, so, my colleagues have basically uh, touched on, I think, almost all. Uh, the only ones that are remaining are the youth and the Uh, minority and marginalised groups, I don't think we need to really go uh, over again uh, the constitutional rights uh, that the youths have, but just to reiterate is uh, that their their rights are guaranteed under Article 55, and maybe uh, it includes rights to education and to access to employment, and also to be included in the political, social, and economic spheres uh if i uh switching gears to article 56 that uh, deals with the minorities and marginalized groups so the first question is who are these people these are you know the likes of el molo the ogiek and uh the these are basically uh groups that have very in terms of their population size it's uh very very small as compared to the huge, huge huge tribes and uh the intention of the drafters of the constitution while including uh the protection of these people in my thinking was uh pegged on the historical injustices that these people have faced and uh, this is historical injustices, have been, especially with regards to land and also being included in the political discourse in terms of them participating in governance in this country. So you look at the the wording in Article 56, uh, the state is ideally supposed to take affirmative action. You see, affirmative action is, is an action that is taken when we have things like historical injustices that uh, maybe laws or policies are being implemented developed and implemented to see to it that uh, these injustices that we have faced are addressed. So the, the, the state is mandated to, to take affirmative action that will mainly focus on ensuring that these people are also represented uh, uh, or rather take part in the political sphere uh, through governance They're accorded opportunities in the educational and economic fields. And when we talk about economic fields, we start thinking of land because land is an emotive thing in Kenya, which uh, by and large has been used for economic purposes also. And uh, the other thing is, uh, they they also, the state is mandated to ensure that these people access employment in this country. Uh, They're usually not so much included in. Um, many workplaces, and maybe just to uh, to add on that, the the state is also mandated to ensure that their culture, their cultural heritage is not uh, is not lost. And uh, another very key one is access to you know social amenities like health services. Uh, things like water these are things that uh, the state is mandated to ensure that these marginalized uh, uh minority marginalized groups and minorities achieve rather get.
1: thank you paul in on the minority groups um i'd love us to steer this discussion on different paths and um, in 2020 we select- the International Youth Day and our major focus on towards youth engagement and inclusion. Our president of Kenya, Uru Kenyatta, recognizes the youth as a population that is of national great resource. And equally, it's, it's a generation that has potential to expand Kenya's and Africa's productive workforce and turn Africa into a frontier of growth and innovation. Now, my question is, are the youth being engaged in Martin's constitution and do they really understand it
3: currently? First of all, whatever the president has said that you've just said right now, it's true. The youth has in Kenya has a lot of potential in terms of steering the, the economy and also ensuring that we, the, as a country, move towards the right direction. At, in terms of engagement, in my opinion, I don't think the youth are being engaged as they should, and I can't point a finger to anyone who's at fault because the youth themselves, only a, I'd say only a few are interested in, in the governance and maybe in the laws of the country, and then that becomes a problem because they aren't even aware of their rights, and as, as it has mentioned already, this can be be blamed on our lack as a youth, our lack of interest in politics and in whatever is going on, and everyone is looking for what is beneficial to them. Because as we've mentioned, unemployment is one of the issues that is facing the youth, and you can't really be thinking about governance and being engaged in politics when you don't have a a job so i feel maybe the the problems that we have as a as youth then maybe uh act as a hindrance to the engagement that you should be having in order to for the greater good of the country also when it comes to also in the issue of youth engagement the youth and politics and all, all that, most of the positions in, in, in maybe the top positions in the country are not being taken taken up by the youth. And this has caused a lot of hopelessness among the youth because if all the headlines every single day is about, how, is about corruption and how our money is being stolen, the ones which are made for public service and the public includes the youth, then it creates a sense of hopelessness, which now the youth are somehow desensitized when it comes to these issues. So I feel the youth are not being engaged and there are so many issues apart from the ones that I've mentioned that is causing this. And maybe if then these are addressed, then it should be easy then to in to be able to engage the youth and for them to be interested when their basic rights like maybe being employed, then Will be the engagement will be more fruitful, and will will get the the desired the desired results.
1: Okay, thank you, Karen. From the discussion, we have seen that the country surely is banking on the youth to get engaged and become part of this, but we are seeing a major challenge with participation in terms of the youth. So I would ask uh, William, maybe, um, how would you advise fellow youths on how they can participate in matters governance?
4: Okay, thank you. I think I have like five in which youths could use, or they can use these methods to ensure that they participate in matters of governance. And that's simple: inform, consult, involve collaborate, empower, and the main thing, all these are structured in what's called public uh, public participation. So the constitution itself have provided avenues in which youths can ensure that they participate in the governance of this country. So what remains is the youths to know these provisions. How will they enhance public participation? How will they get a chance to uh, participate on matters that affect their rights on matters that affect the rights of other special interest groups within the constitutional framework. First, youths need to exercise their rights even in Article 35, right, to access information. You cannot participate when you are not informed. So first, that's why I said informed. Let youths be ready to be informed and also to get information from other agencies After getting the information is when then they can participate, so they need then to exercise the right to access information, and then after this, they can then get the avenue and the knowledge on how and where to ensure this information is applied. On public participation still, we have several provisions within the Constitution and within the laws of Kenya that enhances the participation of everyone within the society in governance. And the question says use and the society at large. So that means we can use some articles like Article 119, uh, which provides the uh, the, the right or the avenue of petition in Parliament. This means that when there is something that Parliament needs to do and they have not done, then Article 119 provides the avenue for any ordinary person to petition them. Ask them why they haven't done that or when are they planning to do that? And I think this government we can use maybe to petition parliament to ask why they haven't enacted laws that will uh, control or help the two-third gender rules and other laws that they have not enacted. We also have within the constitution article 10 that enhances that everything within the constitution needs to be done within the principles. Of public participation, you then need to take advantage of that provision so that they need to engage in several public participation modes, which are contained in other laws. Like for example, if you want to ask how can you participate in governing uh, in governance of a county, then we have the County Government Act that gives ways in which participation should be asked through involvement in public. Participation through involvement in county assemblies. Imagine youths are also welcome to go to uh, the county assemblies and those in the parliament to ensure uh, 221 allows the public to give their views on budgeting and they are not limiting on aid or anything. So youths can give their views on budget and then propose or forward uh, for such proposal to the parliament for consideration. Article 232, the principles of public service and also uh, public representation. Uh, so, youths can also give their views on the public service appointments uh, that are made on the public uh, arena and so forth, so on. Article 201, on matters of also still just budgeting, 201 and also funds. Youths are also invited among other people in the society. We also have other articles like Article 124. So we have ad- a lot of articles within the constitution that enhances public participation. So what remains then is define what is public participation, that the youths need first to be informed, then organized in well-structured uh, groups, because remember, a-, a lonely voice is not having a lot of value, but when youths come in groups and they form structured groups, then they might have a gaining power at the table where policy and uh, formulations of laws are made. Also, youths need to ensure that they uh, participate on accountability matters. The in Article 10, the principle, and also the ways in which youths need to make sure that they're holding uh, the public officers accountable for tenders, for several uh, expenditures of public funds. And through this method, the use can also be good instrument in fighting corruption uh, and other ill motives in the governance structure. So I think we just need to make use of public participation and involvement processes uh, that are Provided in the constitution, youths need also to get informed. When are the public meetings happening at the county? Because I'm sure you'll find we have several laws being enacted at the county level, several policies being done at the county level. They are, let's say, placed on the notice board or on the county website. Uh, but youth are not aware of such, hence they can't participate in such public forums. So. Uh, as just a conclusion, let's get informed and be ready to inform. Let's consult. Let's get organized and get involved in matters of public and governance. Let's collaborate with agencies, other agencies like NGOs, like civil society, uh, like international organizations, like the arms of government and the uh, vertical uh, the vertical expression of government from the national to the county. Let's collaborate with them so as we, that we can provide information, that, things that are affecting us and other things that are also not uh, in reach of us. And then let's empower us and empowering, let's get information maybe us and organizations.
1: Thank you so much William for sharing and great solutions there that poses a challenge to both the youth and them in leadership to take up responsibility. As we wrap up this discussion, I'd invite the whole team to share their final thoughts. We could start off with Karen, then Paul and finally William.
3: Um, my final thoughts on the discussions is that we all have a role to play, both the youth and all other stakeholders in ensuring that the constitution is realized for all of us. All interests are provided in the constitution, everyone's rights are represented there, all institutions have been put in place. So it's, the mantle is on us, the people, us as youth, us as women, us as people with disabilities, everyone's rights have been have been provided for in the constitution. So all of us, including stakeholders, should ensure that they're doing their part so that we realize the dreams of the constitution.
1: Thank you, Karen. Paul?
2: Uh, In terms of my final thoughts and in light of what we have discussed, first I would say that we really have um, moved from, uh, we've really made tremendous steps, and uh, we we still can achieve a lot. Uh, I, I, I just I, I liked what William said, especially with regards to what uh, the youths need to do, so that to ensure that you know all this that we are discussing is at the end of the day achieved. And maybe just to to add just a little something on what William said uh you know William spoke of these things we all need to do but uh as as just one more thing to add is the zeal to really work towards all this we need to have that persistence and uh the ability to to just come out of our comfort zones and not get tired until all this uh, that we're talking about the rights and the whole implementation it's a, it's, a, it's a duty uh, that is uh, essentially uh, bestowed on everyone by virtue of us being Kenyans. and go out there, get information, but the question is, are we really willing to press on? Yeah, William speaks of, let's go out there, get information, you know, all these things, but I think the one thing that crowns everything is the ability to press on so that in the long run we may have a future that is rewarding, and even if it's not for us, maybe for the generations to come. But I think so far we are making progress, and it's just the, the culture. Also, again, uh, we need to have that culture of not giving up, yeah, because it's the it's a, a continued efforts in in discussing, debating, uh, going out there to protest when we see uh, injustices. Those are the things that will change uh, this this country.
1: Thank you, Paul. And finally, William.
4: I think, as a final remark, uh, what I can say is that as use less strategies and place our efforts on positive uh, vibes, things that we can do that can enhance our own development and also our knowledge of the civic duty of uh, policy. And also of public participation. Uh, we need to have such conversations and these types of conversations in several forums so that we then encourage and inform more youths. And I think we are the future of this set. So by getting informed, we are empowered, information is power. Well.
1: Thank you, William, for sharing with us. And a big thank you to the entire team as well
0: all right that's it from me paul jeff william billy and Karen coach on the constitutional journey of kenya a call to the youth many times we focus on who's to blame but this time round we're calling upon you to focus on What role do I have to play? So do remain vigilant during the implementation process to ensure that you are included, engaged, and participating in all aspects of the society in a manner envisioned by the Constitution. Until next time, goodbye.